0: This is Made to Conquer, a podcast designed to inspire you to have a deep relationship with Jesus. Jesus told us to make every effort to enter through the narrow door so that when we stand before Him, we hear the words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Hello everyone, this is Tiana Shoei and welcome to the podcast Made to Conquer. Happy 2022. I hope that as you're listening to this episode, you are starting off your new year on a wonderful, wonderful, great foot. Well, if you haven't noticed already, my voice is a little bit raspy. I apologize for that. Unfortunately, I caught a little bug uh, right before Christmas and it knocked me out until honestly, today as I'm recording this, which is a few days before this episode is going to be released. And so uh, since I'm feeling good, I decided to go ahead and record today's episode. I sound worse than I feel. I feel great, but I do sound a little bit like a dragon. So I apologize for that. Uh, But thank you guys for sticking in and tuning, tuning in in spite of the fact that my voice is a little bit raspier than usual. So a couple just quick announcements, and then we will jump into today's episode. Uh, First of all, and I forgot to do this on my last episode, so please forgive me. For those of you who sponsor this podcast on PodFan, I want to say thank you so much for making this possible. Your partnership is is very important. Uh, While... There isn't a ton of costs associated with putting this on. It does take a good bit of my time and there are hosting fees and equipment and things like that, that I have to use to post this. So your financial support does make this possible for this podcast to go out to thousands of people. Um, The last episode we crossed over the 10,000 download threshold. So thank you guys so much for that and for being a part of this journey. The other thing I wanted to say is that we are almost out of the 2022 calendars that Lena made for us. They are beautiful there's about four left. And so you can get them on the website, made to conquer podcast.com. Calendars are kind of expensive to print. All I did was build in the cost that it cost me to ship them and keep them on the website, pay my accountant to help figure out all the taxes and all that other fun stuff. So they, I sell them basically at cost. I'm not doing this to make money. Again, it's just a tool to encourage you. And the scriptures and images that Lena put together are just absolutely beautiful. So if you want to get one of those last few remaining calendars, uh, be sure to do that soon because they're going to be out very quickly. And then the last thing I wanted to say is again, Butterfly Box has been so generous in their support and that they are continuing to offer discounts so if you would like to purchase a butterfly box and again these are just uh, they are a one-time box or so you can do a monthly subscription meant for ladies and they are filled with all kinds of great faith-based tools to encourage you every one of them comes with a devotional 21 day devotional which is fantastic and also just some great stuff i've got candles pillowcases all kinds of things to just encourage you on your walk with the lord you can find all the information on my website made to conquerpodcast.com under my resources and then about me i also have links to the butterfly box information i just wanted to thank them your butterflybox.com for their support of this show and there are several discount codes there are, they've actually given me four now so more than I want to read off on the podcast but I'll have all that information on my website for you. And with that said, those are the announcements. So let's jump into today's episode. as usual, I kind of go through a little intro then we'll pray and then we'll jump into the actual topic. I've actually had this topic on my heart for a while now. And I just really wanted to make sure that I got this one right because this is probably one of the toughest topics to talk about and it's we're going to talk about sin we're going to talk about what it means to be a sinner and then what it means to be born again and how we deal with sin as new creations in Christ. And this is a hard topic to talk about because sin sin is something that I see kind of two extremes when it comes to the conversation of sin and so I kind of want to talk about both of those extremes and acknowledge that when anytime you're talking about something generally speaking there's always going to be something in the middle that falls outliers in that so I, I want to acknowledge that what I'm about to talk about is are the extremes and and so there's a lot of there's a lot of room in between but there are kind of two extremes that exist when it comes to the topic of sin we have one extreme that takes the the biblical doctrine that is one hundred percent correct that we are rotten to our core without a savior and and then keeps that rottenness and still continues to define us as sinners once we get saved. In other words, you're just kind of you're just kind of succumb to sin the rest of your life. You're a rotten horrible sinner and, and you will for the rest of your life be a rotten horrible sinner. And while we will always be tempted with sin and why we all, while we will always need to be on guard against sin. The Bible actually teaches us something very different. It teaches us that we are new creations in Christ, that we're born again, that we now have the ability to live by the spirit and we are no longer succumbed or, or we are no longer under the bondage of sin as long as we choose to live by the spirit. And so there's this kind of one side conversation that, that you know teaches this very dark and gloomy perspective on sin. You know, you're gonna and and I don't want to give the impression that any of us are beyond sin. We are. We're going to sin and we're going to talk about that as we get into today's scripture, but it should not be our nature any longer. When when you become a born again spirit-filled Christian, you when you sin, you sin against your nature rather than in accordance with your nature. And this kind of far extreme teaching that you're always a sinner teaches us that when you sin as a born-again Christian, that you're sinning in accordance with your nature. And I want to change that mindset because that's not what the Bible teaches, but more importantly, our identity, how we see ourselves. And I talked about identity in two episodes ago how we see ourselves in Christ also defines the decisions that we make. And so when you begin to get rid of this identity that I am now a slave to sin, and you take on the identity of the new creation in Christ, it helps you manage the temptations that we're going to talk about in today's episode. We're going to get real. You know, again, I, I, I share with you guys a very vulnerable podcast and I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying this. I'm not a Bible teacher. I love Bible teachers. In fact, I've been listening a lot to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, and, um, you know, when you sit down and you listen to a really good Bible teacher, you see, I, 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 the contrast is so stark. And so, you know, that's pastor Jack Hibbs. And I actually, um, I'm going to be you know, Pastor Jack, I've been listening to a series on Romans. He's going through the book of Romans right now with his church. And it's just really, it's amazing sitting down and listening to a great Bible teacher because a great Bible teacher will take the scripture and break it down and and teach you through a passage verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the Bible. And by the way, I did put all pastor, he he has taught through the entire Bible, Pastor Jack Hibbs, He's another great Bible teacher that I highly recommend. All of his information is on my website made to conquer podcast.com under the resources tab. And I've put a link to all of his Bible teachings that you can get for free on his website. I highly encourage you to listen to him. You know, I point out a lot of great Bible teachers on here. But my job, you know, in the role that I believe that God has given me is to encourage you. And so as I'm doing that, I'm sharing with you guys my raw, real stories of things that I'm learning as I go through this. And as I'm learning to understand what it means to be a new creation in Christ, what it means to die to sin, what it means to struggle with temptation. And then in those moments when I have fallen, when I have succumbed to this temptation, what it means to repent. And then in those moments where I have just truly given the battle to the Lord and he's walked me through it victoriously, what it means to come through the other side of temptation, not having given in. I want to share those real, raw, stories with you. I'm not sitting here trying to make myself out to be somebody better than I am, or try to make myself out to be some super saint. I am just a a girl in South Carolina who fell in love with Jesus and is doing everything in my power and in my my ability to, to die to myself so the Holy Spirit can live a life through me. And so I can encourage you, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, the rest of my body, and play the function that God has given me. And that is just to encourage you. And so, in today's episode, we're going to go deep into that topic. We're going to talk a lot about what it means to be a human being and struggle with sin, and then what it means to be victorious in Christ, which he's a spot for us. Pastor Jack, in in this, I've been listening as I mentioned through a series in Romans, but he took a quick break to talk about and the wonder of the birth of Christ and he you know he made something he said something that was very profound and i knew this to be true but hearing him say it kind of helps solidify it and it, as he's going through the 10 commandments in his second in his wonder series part 2 he was talking about the fact that sabbath the sabbath rest as a christian is as much a spiritual thing as it is a physical thing and he was talking about in the spiritual sense our sabbath rest is resting in our faith in jesus in other words it's resting knowing that our sins are washed clean because of jesus And this is why our faith is based on the faith of Abraham. Our 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 belief, I should say, our you know, our faith as Christians is based on the promise to Abraham. And Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham found that Sabbath rest in Jesus even before the Messiah had come and done what he did. And so that's the beauty of, of being Christians is that as we struggle with sin and as we deal with the flesh in this life, we can rest in the completed work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So with that said, I just, um, so that's one extreme. Sorry, I kind of got off a rabbit trail. So the one extreme is, you know, you're a rotten, horrible sinner and you're doomed to, to be, you know, a rotten, horrible sinner the rest of your life. And then the other extreme is, well, we're going to redefine sin and we're going to soften the blow a little bit. Sin isn't as bad, it isn't as cancerous or toxic to our soul as, as you know, some people make it out to be, and we're even going to redefine what sin is. And so we have a big movement, obviously, both extremes, by the way, I believe are 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 a work of the enemy because the enemy wants, if he can keep you believing that sin should be a normal part of your life, then he can keep you in a place where you are duped into believing that you have a right standing relationship with God, but you're still living in a sinful lifestyle. And then on the opposite extreme, if he can water down the word of God and water down what sin really is, then he keeps you living a sinful lifestyle separated from God on the other end of the extreme. So I didn't put this particular passage in today's, in today's podcast because we're going to go through so many different scriptures today, but the Bible tells us not to quench the Holy Spirit, not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And the, what, what Paul is talking about in there is don't shut him out in those moments in life when you need to be tuned into him. And you know, that's kind of the heart of what we're going to be talking about today. As we go through all of this, as we talk about sin and as we deal with sin, what you will find that's always happening when you are in a moment of temptation is that you have sin calling at you on one side and the Holy Spirit saying, I have a better way on the other side. And when you choose to sin, you're you are grieving the Holy spirit. You're quenching the Holy spirit. You're saying, you know what? Now I'm going to go feed my flesh instead of feed the spirit. When you come before a temptation and you say, you know what, Lord, I don't, I don't have the strength to fight this battle, but you through your Holy spirit have given me new life. I give this battle to you. Help me Holy spirit to overcome this through your spirit, not by strength, no by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. In that moment when you let the Holy Spirit walk you through that temptation, then you then you are not grieving and you're not quenching the Holy Spirit. And so that's really our heart is, is to be in that place where we hear from the Holy Spirit. That is the that is the opposite of the two different extremes that I described to you. Where Satan wants to either keep you trapped by rules of of fear and shame or rules of freedom that are not truly what we as believers have. I mean, this is why Paul says, "It is for freedom you have been set free, but do not use your freedom to to um, invest in the flesh and instead. Use it to invest in the kingdom of God. I'm, I'm kind of changing the the word invest there, but to live by the flesh is really what he's talking about there. And so that's that's really kind of the heart of what we want to talk about today. I want to talk about what it means to be a human being, struggle with sin, but what God has given us and how He's going to help us to overcome that. So with that said, let's take a moment to pray, and then we will jump right into this episode. Our Heavenly Father, <laughs> we just thank you that you are a good shepherd, Lord. As we as we as we take the narrow road and as we go on this journey of life where you're leading us lord your your staff and your rod they're comforting us and it's and you're also leading and guiding us by the power of your holy spirit lord you're teaching us and and you tell us over and over again in your word that to love your rebuke and discipline is is something that we should we should have in our hearts we should want to sense those times in life where you where you take out your rod and you nudge us back in line lord may we rejoice in your discipline May we rejoice in the growth that you do in our lives, in the pruning. Father, teach us just to become sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Lord, we do not want to grieve or quench your Holy Spirit. Father, instead, we want to be in a position, Lord, where you are allowed to be the Lord of our lives, our minds, our hearts, our souls, everything. Lord, I give this time to you. I just ask that you would speak through me. Father, That this would be your podcast and not mine. Lord, and that everybody that's listening would just be blessed by these words, Lord, that you would just be doing a work in their lives. Mother, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for the body of Christ. Lord, I thank you that you are creating a body, a perfect body, a healthy body with you at the head, Jesus. And Lord, we long for the day when, when we get to be united with you in, in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Lord, that is just something that our hearts are crying out for. So Lord, just keep us, keep us in your hands, keep us in your flock, keep us in line as we await the day that you bring us into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Father, we just thank you and we give this time to you. And it's in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Excuse me. This is going to be one of the few times that I actually do have to take uh, water breaks in the middle of this podcast, because (laughs) as you can tell, my voice is still a little raspy. So I need that little extra hydration that I'm usually able, able to do without. So. And probably one thing I I don't ever tell you guys is I I very, very, very rarely edit these. I just kind of give you the raw unscripted (laughs) version of me. The only times I edit is if I go back and listen and I'm like, yeah, I don't really like what I said there. I'm going to take that out. But very rarely do I do that. Um, I just try to give you guys the raw version. So let's start off if you guys will. We're going to go through quite a few passages of scripture. This is not going to be one of my short episodes. I used to. I used to try to keep these things in, into an hour timeline or less. But then I realized I'm not a pastor and a church trying to keep the congregation from going crazy <laughs> in a short period of time. And so, you know, you guys can pause me. You can mute me. You can come back to me. So that's why I don't feel the pressure to keep these under an hour any longer. But I also don't want to fire hose you too much. Somebody once told me that listening to me was like drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> and I, again, I don't think that was a compliment, but here we are. <laughs> But um, but on this particular topic, I felt you know again like I said that there were two scriptures I mentioned before about not grieving the Holy Spirit. That there's just so much in this topic, and every time I I tackle a topic like this, I find myself overwhelmed with okay, what do I say? What do I not say? And so I wanna I wanna get by with the bare minimum without cutting too many corners, but also hitting the main facts. Now, one real quick thing I did mention before, as I mentioned about not grieving the Holy Spirit, and And I just want to say this, you know, one of my favorite authors that I read a lot is A.W. Tozer. If you've never read A.W. Tozer's Pursuit of God, I strongly encourage you to read his book, The Pursuit of God. But one book that really changed the way I thought is his book, How to Be Filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's just a little booklet. It should only take a few hours to sit through and read it. But A.W. Tozer points something out very profound in this. And Paul talks about this when he talks about the fact that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But the way W. Tozer says it, I think, helps relate to those of us who are living in today's day and age. And he says, create a place in your mind and heart where the Holy Spirit actually wants to dwell. And you know, it's interesting as we're going to go through and talk about sin. Is there's there's two kind of ways of looking at sin. There's the letter of the law, and then there's The intent of the law. In other words, there's the exact do not commit murder. And then Jesus comes in along and he says, you know, those were the, those were, that was the actual letter of the law. The letter of the law was do not commit murder. But if you hate your brother, if you say, I hate my brother in your heart, then you've committed murder. He, you know, the Bible says, do not commit adultery, the Ten Commandments. That's the letter of the law. The intent of the law, Jesus says, is if you look at a woman lustfully, you have already committed adultery. And so we see this kind of we see this kind of paradigm, this dilemma that happens in 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 the scripture. And what God has promised, and what He's always promised, is that you're going to start off with the law. And this is what Galatians teaches us. And it's a, your guardian, it's your safekeeper until Jesus came to fulfill the law. So then, through the in, indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the law would be written on our hearts, and it wouldn't be about the letter of the law as much as it would be the intent of the law. Learning to obey the Lord, not because we're afraid of death any longer, but because we don't want to grieve his Holy Spirit. It's an entirely different mindset now than it was in the Old Testament. And this is this is the beautiful gift we have. So when you understand that our power to live a victorious life and the gift that Jesus bought us on the cross was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, what A.W. Tozer reminds us is that we want to create a place where he lives, where he wants to live. And and this is where becoming aware of, of what's happening inside of you, giving the Lord the space to be the God of your mind and your heart, is so important. Because you may not be committing adultery physically, but if you are committing adultery in your heart, is the Holy Spirit is that a place where the Holy Spirit wants to dwell? And that's really the heart of this entire message. Is we talk about sin at the heart, what I am trying to encourage you to do is to give give the Lord the space in your mind and heart where he can search you. And we're going to talk we have a, I have, you know, as I've been trying to change the format of this to give you action steps at the end and we're going to go through these action steps at the very end of today's episode. But one of the action steps that I'm going to encourage you to do is to let the Lord truly search you and know you. Allow him the room in your life to begin to weed your garden so that way your mind and heart is a place his spirit wants to dwell. And this is, this is why, you know, the, one of the most dangerous lines that the enemy has introduced to human thinking is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. This mindset that you can have this sinful fantasy life living inside of you. And it's acceptable as long as you don't act it out. And that's what the Bible teaches us is no, you now have the, the spirit of the living God in you and he knows your thoughts. And so do you want a life? Do you want a thought life where he does not want to dwell because it is so rotten and vile. And while your actions may not live it out, it's still there in your heart. And what the Bible teaches us is eventually what's in your heart comes out. And so if you are living under the delusion that you can live in a sinful fantasy world and that it won't somehow manifest in your real life, it's just that it's a delusion. And so I just kind of wanted to to start with that if you get a chance to read A.W. Tozer's book um, "How to Be Filled with the Holy Spirit," it's a great little read, and it, it's one that will help give you some perspective on what I'm talking about. But the first point I want to make is that we are truly sinners, and the Bible does teach this. And you know, again, another Tozer book that helped me think through this is he 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 helped explain the fact that we are dying from a cancer, and it's called sin. Part of the problem that we have especially as I listed the two extremes of the way that the world or the church teaches sin is on the far extreme where we've casualized sin. Part of the problem that we have is if we don't understand how deadly sin is, and, and I'm going to quote Pastor Jack Hibbs from his series on Romans, if we don't understand what we need saving from then we'll never have a healthy relationship and understand why sin is so dangerous. And so the first thing I just wanted to start off by saying is that every single person alive is born with a sin nature. Now I know that this flies in the face of what the progressive left in this country wants to teach us where they want to teach us that people are inherently good. In fact, and then there's this is another episode for another day, but you know the opposite of Christianity is humanism. And this is a religion that is on the rise. And uh, just in case you want to do some research on the Humanist Manifesto, they took it off of the internet for many years, and they've now re- resubmitted it. And I am, if, you know, I'm, again, I'm going to stay out of this because this isn't the purpose of today's podcast. But if you if you want to do some research, uh, guess who won the Humanist of the Year in 2021? Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> so, um, you know. Again, part of the reason why I am paying attention to the current events that are happening right now is that because that the people that are leading some of these current events are not working for God. <laughs> They're working for the enemy. And I pay close attention to the things that are coming from the enemy's camp so that way I am discerning and not caught on the wrong side of wisdom because I'm because I'm because it's normal because remember normal is the prince of this world which is the enemy. So anyway, I digress for just a moment there. But we are born with a sin nature. The humanist manifesto wants to teach us that we're we're pretty much good. <laughs> And that is so dangerous. And and what, Tol- what Tolkien, what excuse me, Tolkien, Tozer, <laughs> I do love J.R. Tolkien too, by the way. He's the one that led C. S. Lewis to the Lord. And if you don't, if you don't think that's significant, then you've never read C.S. Lewis, uh, mere Christianity, miracles, the four loves. I mean, he was just one of the most incredible men of God. And thanks to Tolkien, but Tozer, AW Tozer, sorry. But you know what Tozer taught me is he reminded me that that you know we're not dying because we haven't taken the antidote we're dying because we have a cancer to our soul and the antidote to that cancer is Jesus Christ the blood of the lamb the lamb of god and so it's very important for us to acknowledge and understand as christians that we are born with a sin nature the sin nature became a part of our being the minute that adam and eve chose to disobey god and with and without the blood of jesus every single person is destined to die and and face the consequences of their sin what jesus did on the cross is he took away the ultimate penalty of sin from us, which is eternal separation from God. Now, we still face the consequences of sin this side of eternity, but we don't face the ultimate consequence of sin because Jesus has washed us and he has borne upon himself the sin of the world. And this is, again, just I'm going to go on a quick rabbit trail, and then I promise I'm going to get back to the topic today. But this is why it was so important that Jesus was continually declared the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. This is what John the Baptizer said about him. Now, this is just a little side trivia. And again, thank you, Pastor Jack Kibbs, for teaching me this. Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, is where the, the sacrificial lambs were born. And the reason that the angels went to the shepherds and said, you, the signs that you will know that the Messiah is born is that you will find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. That is how baby lambs would have been presented. The, the, the swaddling clothes that Jesus was wrapped in were the same cloths that lambs that would ultimately be used for sacrifice were wrapped in as well. Perfect, spotless, and without blemish. The shepherds would have been the most tuned into this and the rabbis, but obviously they weren't looking for the Messiah. The shepherds would have been the most tuned into this, the oddity of a human being being treated exactly like a a lamb that would ultimately go to sacrifice. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It was the fulfillment of what we saw in the Passover. Jesus became our lamb, our fulfillment. So anyway, like I said, a lot, lot to go into there, but the first thing we just got to acknowledge is that we are sinners. Now, I just want to quickly read through Romans chapter three to put this to point. And Pastor Jack Hibbs, again, if you get a chance to listen to a series on Romans, I strongly suggest you listen to it. But he, he points out as he's going through Romans chapter three, that what Paul is doing in Romans chapter three, starting in verse nine and going through all the way through about verse 20, is that Paul is pointing out that human beings, every single person, is guilty, and and there's nobody who is who is not guilty. So let's just go through this list really quickly, and then we're going to get to the, the the actual topic we're going to talk about today, which is what it means to be free from sin. So starting in Romans chapter three verse nine, what shall we conclude then? Do we all do we have any advantage? Not at all, for we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. So it, So Paul is. Um, concluding an argument here saying that basically Jew and Gentile fall under the same category, sinner. (laughs) And so he says here, as it is written. And so what Paul does here is he takes a group of Old Testament prophecies and Old Testament texts that talk about our sin nature, and he strings them together. And he says, okay, this essentially describes the condition of human being, of humankind. And lest you think you don't have any of these, every single person alive who is a thinking, rational human being has been guilty of one of these things or all of these things at some point in their life. No one is righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away, all together have become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And so again, spend some time studying this passage, lest you think you're not a sinner (laughs) and understand. And again, if, if you get a chance to listen to Pastor Jack's teaching on this series. It's fantastic. Verse 19, for we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. So again, the law cannot make us righteous. It cannot justify us. Verse 21, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith. In Jesus Christ, to all who believe, there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. Verse twenty-three: For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So we are all born with a sin nature. Like I said, the humanists are trying to remove this idea. It's a very dangerous. It's a very demonic doctrine, and it's something coming straight from the pit. Of hell and it's and, and it's leader of the year it was dr anthony tanchi <laughs> so just again pay attention to these things you guys i'm trying to trying to to uh, you know allow you to wake up and become aware of, of the days and age in which we live okay so now that we've established that we're sinners praise god And this is how we ended because of Jesus, we have now been justified through his righteousness and we become born again. So I want to read to you this first concept where Jesus teaches Nicodemus about being born again. So starting in John chapter three, verse one, we're going to go through what it means to be born again. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, which would have been the Sanhedrin. So anytime you see the Sanhedrin in the scripture, that's the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus that night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Verse four, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Verse five, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. The flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You shouldn't be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Verse 11, very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But but still you people do not accept our testimony i have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe how then will you believe if i speak to you of heavenly things no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven the son of man just as moses was lifted just as moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love the darkness instead of the light because of their deeds were evil. I'm gonna pause right there. How does that how does that not completely reflect what we just read in Romans chapter three? Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what they have done excuse me, what what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And so in other words, what John is concluding there after he, after, so Jesus, the last word Jesus said is may have eternal life. And then from verse 16 to verse 21 is John's commentary. And so John is saying, you know, when you finally accept the fact that you're rotten to your core, you step into the light and let God cleanse you. He already knows what's in your heart. He already knows what's in your being. So step into the light and allow him to cleanse you. So I just want to reiterate that we are now born again. This is what it means to be born again. Uh, by the way, did you know the band Grateful Dead? The reason that they use the term Grateful Dead is they're using it as a contradiction to being born again. They they would rather be dead. Uh, just you know, again, things to be aware of and conscientious of as you as we are, as we're watching the signs of the times and the things that are happening in the world around us. So we are born again when you choose to when you choose to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and then follow under his lordship and allow the holy spirit to dwell and lead in you you are now born of the spirit you are born again you are a new creation in Christ so in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 paul says paul says it this way and i'm going to actually I'll start in verse 16 from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view though we were once regarded though though we once regarded Christ in this way we do so no longer Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. We are born again. We are new creations when we choose to follow Jesus. One of, the, one of my favorite sayings that I ever heard is every time you choose to sin, you have to resurrect a dead man. Sit on that one for just a minute. Now, we're going to continue going, and we're going to go to 1 Peter Chapter One, verses three through five, and Peter says this: "Praise be to the God, praise be to the God and Father of the our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or." Fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. So again, hear this concept of us being new birth. So we hear it from Paul, we hear it from Jesus, we hear it from Peter, this new birth. So I just want to reiterate to you that we are new creations in Christ. We are born again. We are born of the spirit. That means that our nature changed into a nature of God's nature, and we are no longer, we are no longer under the nature of sin. Again, this is too much to cover in just this one in the in this one episode but i could go on and on about this and that is another topic in and of itself. so now that we understand that we are new creations, how do we how do we then live our lives? well this is where we're taught to live our lives according to the spirit, no longer giving in to the flesh. so let's let's talk about this. we're going to start off in galatians and we're going to start off in galatians chapter I've got a couple, I've got a couple verses in Galatians. Uh, you should see my Bible right now. We got so many markings here. Chapter We'll start in chapter five, verse one. And we're told in chapter five, verse one, "It is for freedom that Christ has set us free." And then we go down in verse 13. So you, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. I said this earlier. I said invest, but indulge was the word I was looking for. I apologize. I'm not, I'm not banging on all cylinders today. I'm still, still a little bit, not, not completely recovered, but feeling much better. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you Paul actually reiterates this pretty strongly. And I've gone through this passage with you before in Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8, when Paul says, why is it that I don't do what I do when I do, but I don't do what I do? Why is it that I do what I don't want to do, but I do what I don't want to do? Oh, what a wretched man that I am. Paul is talking about that same battle that happens between the flesh and the spirit. And then he ends that chapter 7 by saying, you know, but praise be to Jesus Christ because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we now can be led and live by the spirit. And we no longer gratify the desires of God the flesh. And that is extremely powerful and extremely important for us to remember as we we are retrain our thinking and stop identifying ourselves as sinners and start identifying ourselves as sinners saved by grace through Jesus Christ, who now live according to the spirit, no longer according to the flesh. So in first Peter chapter one, verses 13 through two, we're gonna dig into this a little bit more. So we read a little bit from um, the beginning of first Peter when we were talking about being new creations. So he continues that thought starting in verse 13. So I'm I'm in first Peter chapter one, verse 13. And he says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober." So we are alert and fully sober because of the spirit set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming as obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who calls you to be holy is holy, so be holy in all you do for it is written, be holy because I am holy. without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart, for you have been born again, not a perishable seed, but of imperishable seed through the living, enduring word of God verse 24 for all people are like grass and their glory is like the flowers of the field the grass withers and the excuse me the grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of the lord endures forever and this is the word that was preached to you therefore Rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. you hmm. know we again... Peter is reminding us that we we do not have to live according to the flesh. We, we can put to death these things. We can die to these things. And then lastly, we're going to spend a, a good bit of time in the book of First John. Actually, sorry, I just realized I, I missed one of the biggest scriptures that I wanted to cover. Let me back up just and let me put the brakes on and back this train up just a minute. <laughs> this is actually the scripture that the Lord used to really speak to me about the fact that he wanted to go through this with us together. In First Corinthians chapter ten, and actually this is this dovetails perfectly with the next passage that we're going to read. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, and that they had been baptized through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. Verse three. They all ate the same spiritual food and drink the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. That rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Verse six. Now these things occurred as examples to us as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things, as they did. Again, these are examples so we don't set our heart on evil. Verse seven: Do not be idolaters. And by the way, Pastor Jack again—I um, know I'm talking about him a lot, but I've been listening to him a lot over the break—reminded us that idolatry is anything that we have our identity in. That if it were taken away, would would hurt us. And so, anything that that you have a form of identity in, think about anything, think about something right now that if the Lord took it away from your life, could damage your relationship with Him. Those are the idols in your life, by the way. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And, the day, and in one day, 23,000 of them died. So that was the, if you go back to the book of Numbers, that was when the men committed sexual sin with the Moabites. The, with the Moabites. Verse nine, we should not test Christ as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. Do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. Verse 11, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings to us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So that, that passage is right there on whom the culmination of the ages has come. What Paul is saying there is now that you have Christ, all of these were set as warnings for you because you now are new creations. These were people living under the law, which is a very different standard than those of us who are filled with God's Holy Spirit. Verse 12, so you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. You ready for this? He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. In other words, there is not going to be anything that, that is going to be, come your way from a temptation perspective that you will not have the ability to endure. This is again why I hate this teaching, this idea that no, you're, you know what, you are just, you are just doomed to be a sinner the rest of your life. Yes, you're going to sin, you're going to miss the mark. But it's not, your, it's not your fate any longer. It's a choice that you make when you choose to grieve the Holy Spirit and walk in a sinful decision rather than live by the Spirit, because there is a way out. And we're going to talk about that as we wrap up today's session, how to, how to deal with temptation when it comes to you, because temptation is a real thing. And by the way, I'm going to say it, sin feels good. <laughs> temptation is temptation for a reason. It wouldn't be temptation if it wasn't pleasurable. And so that's why, this is why the Bible teaches over and over again, don't give into that desire to feed your flesh, because when you start feeding your flesh, when you start feeding that monster, it's going to feel good. And, it, and there is no, there is no cheating <laughs> at the, at the end of every temptation hook at the end of every temptation bait is a hook. And the lie that the enemy will want to tell you is just nibble on it and it'll be okay. The hook isn't going to get you this time. I'm going to let you nibble. There's always a hook at the other side of that temptation. So we're going to go through several passages in the book of John, and that's going to kind of wrap up the, you know, the three main points I wanted to make, which is that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Prior to the blood of Jesus, when we choose to follow Jesus and we give our lives to Him and we fall under His lordship, then we become new creations of Christ, born again. And now we are to live by the Spirit. We are no longer subject to the laws of the flesh as long as we choose to live by the Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to to be our Lord. So we're going to wrap this this last point up, which is you know, about what it means to deal with sin in our lives by going and spending a, quite a bit of time in the book of 1 John. So we're going to read a couple passages. We're going to read 1 John verses 5 through chapter 2, verse 6. So we're going to read a long passage. We're going to read chapter 2, 15 through 17, and chapter 3, 4 through 10. So let's start off with 1 John 1, 5 this is the message you have heard from him and declared, this is the message we have heard from him and declared to you, God is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. I want to pause right there. Do not take the Lord's name in vain has often been interpreted by many people as do not say, um, the Lord's name in a cursing word. Now, granted, we shouldn't do that. And, and again, I'm going to steal from pastor Jack Hibbs here. He said, um, you know, he again he hate the enemy hates the name of Jesus, which is why the name of Jesus is a curse word. You will never hear anybody set their toe and go, oh Muhammad. <laughs> I thought that was a very very, great point. But that's not actually what the Lord means by that passage. What he means is do not say that you belong to him and do so in vain do not take his name. In other words, just like a woman takes the name of her husband when she gets married, do not take the name of your husband in vain and then go commit adultery on him. Do not take the name of your Lord as your Lord, and then do that in vain and go live in darkness. This is exactly what John is saying here. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. That is taking the name, the Lord's name in vain. If you claim to belong to the Lord and you live in darkness, you have taken the Lord's name in vain. Verse seven, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. That purification, that new creation is walking in the light, living under the Lordship of Jesus. Verse eight, if we claim to be out without sin, we deceive ourselves, and truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. The Psalms tell us that our sin becomes as far as the east is from the west. If we confess our sins, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and the and his word is not in us. Dear children, we're starting in chapter two now. I write this to you that so you I write this to you so that you will not sin. <laughs> But if anybody does sin, not when they sin, but if they sin, there's a big difference there. We have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commands, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, if, but if anybody obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. The way that we do not take the Lord's name in vain is to live as Jesus did. Now, obviously, we know that to live as Jesus lived, we have to live through the spirit. So now we're going to go over to, to verse 15, chapter 2, verse 15. So we ended in chapter 2, verse 6. Now we're going to go over to verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world period that is do not that is the that's the second commandment do not create Id- idolatry and, and actually the first commandment too do not love love the lord your god with all your heart do not have any other gods before him do not love the world or anything in the world if anyone loves the world the love for the father is not in them for everything in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life com- comes not from the father but from the world the world and its desires pass away but whoever does the will of god lives forever now we're going to go to verse 3 and, or excuse me, chapter three, verses four through 10. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins and in him there is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. Period. This is why I say we should not call ourselves sinners once we are born again because we do not keep on sinning. That sinner was our nature before Christ. It is not our nature after Christ. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or knows him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, and he, just as he is righteous, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Everything that I have said up to this point can be summarized exactly by what I just by by verse 9. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them and they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does, who, excuse me, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. Boom, mic drop. <laughs> I say this as encouragement to you. This should bring you joy. This this message of what I shared with you should bring you so much joy because God has given you the ability to overcome sin in your life. You do not any longer have to be a captive to sin. So again, I just want to summarize kind of the three main points of this, and then we're going to go into the four challenges that I have for you, just kind of the four action steps you can take to conquer sin in your life. First of all, we are all sinners in need of a savior. We read through Romans chapter three to understand that. When we choose to follow Jesus Christ, we become born again, new creations in Christ. We read John chapter three, second Corinthians chapter five, first Peter chapter one, verses three through five to understand that. And then now that we are born again, we live according to the spirit. We do not gratify the desires of the flesh. And that we, we read through first Peter. We read through first Corinthians chapter 10, Galatians chapter five, first John, to understand that we are now living according to the spirit, the nature that we've been given as a result of Jesus dying and giving us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So now that we understand that we do not have to be slaves to our sinful nature any longer, that, that part of us dies when we follow Jesus, here is my challenge to you to deal radically with the sin in your life. My encouragement to you, my brothers and sisters, is to deal radically with the sin in your life radically with the sin in your life. You know, I, I'm tempted just like everybody else. I, I, I struggle just like everybody else. Sometimes I give in to the temptation and I grieve the Holy spirit. And sometimes, and, and thankfully by God's grace, there are the times when I say, you know what, father, I really want to do this it would feel really good <laughs> my flesh really wants this thing but lord teach me to love you more than my flesh learning how to have honest conversation with god is the first important and most important step in this process and learning how to say those things to god that we are told you're not supposed to say to god those things that ought not to be said are so important so my first challenge to you is to sit down and spend some time in prayer, having honest conversation with God. Ask the Lord to search you. Ask him to show you those areas in life where you are living according to the flesh and not according to the spirit. Be vulnerable with him. Talk about the temptations you face. Talk about how it feels. Be honest with him. You're not impressing God, by the way, by pretending like you're not being tempted. He sees your temptation. One of the best scriptures for this comes from Psalm 139. And David, read all of Psalm 139 when you get a chance. If you're taking notes, write down Psalm 139. But I love this in verse 23. David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting ask the Lord to search you and to know you. Ask the Lord to point out the areas in your life where you are not honoring his spirit, where you are grieving the Holy Spirit. Ask him to do a work in you and to begin to work these things out. Remember, it's not by strength nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You can't be good enough. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, which again, you know, is, is a, is symbolic of a women's, time menstruating. And, and the reason that that was such strong language is that in the Old Testament law, when women were menstruating, they were considered unclean. You could not touch the seat she sat in. You could not lay in the same bed she was in. I mean, it was when a woman is, it was um, that time of the month for her, it was considered a, a time of uncleanness, which was a big deal in the Old Testament law. And so what, what God is saying is your best is like a woman's menstruating rags, Okay. Unclean. And so you can't be good enough, but the Holy Spirit through you is the answer to how we live our lives as the new creations in Christ. It's never been about you and your ability, but it's always been about your surrender to Him. And so by sitting down and saying, Lord, test me, search me, know me, help me, show me the areas of my life you want to work on, that is the first step. The second step, once the Lord has tested you, once He has sought, once He has searched you, is to admit to him your weaknesses ask him to give you the strength ask him to help you through those what i have learned to do in those times when i'm tempted is i have learned to just say you know what father i really want this i really want to do this thing <laughs> i need you to help me i want to love you more than i love anything else in this world teach me how to love you more than anything else in this world and so this is this is why james And I love this passage from from James. James says this in James four, verses seven through eight. He says, submit yourselves to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Let me say that again. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. So, The first thing I challenge you to do is from Psalm 139, ask the Lord to search you and know you. Second thing is when you find yourself tempted, remember what we read in First Corinthians chapter 10, God has not given you anything you cannot overcome. Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and come near to God, and he will come near to you. Give those moments of, of time and, and give those moments when you are feeling pressured, when you are feeling challenged to the Lord. Don't hide from him. That's what the enemy wants you to do. Have you ever done that where you, you, you're doing some excuse me, you know, you shouldn't do. And so you like hide. (laughs) Um, Shame is one of the enemy's most powerful tools because if he can make you feel shameful, if he can make you feel dirty, then you're not likely to run to the Lord. And he wants you to feel shame in your temptation rather than taking it to him. Because remember, it's not you who's going, you do use your free will to decide are you going to love God or are you going to satisfy the flesh? But ultimately the ability to resist the devil comes from the Holy Spirit, submitting yourself to God. Notice, notice he didn't say in your strength, push the devil away. He said, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. And then in those moments when you have found yourself sinning, when you have, when you have made the mistake, repent, be quick to repent, be quick to confess your sins. As we read in John, confess your sins and he will be faithful and just to forgive them. Write down Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is the Psalm that David wrote after he was confronted by the prophet Nathan over his sin with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband, Uriah. And he wrote Psalm 51 and he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And I'm I'm not going to read the whole thing because of time, but read through Psalm 51. When you find yourself having chosen the flesh over the spirit, get on your knees, repent and, and read through Psalm 51. Make this a habit every time you sing. Because, because if you, if you, if you marginalize sin in your life, if you, if you forget the cancer that it is, remember sinning, when you sin, you're not just quenching and grieving the Holy Spirit, but you are creating space for the enemy to wreak havoc in your life. You are inviting the cancer that Jesus spilled his blood back into your life. Every time you sin, you're taking one step away from God. That is a big deal. That is a big deal, you guys. Sin is a big deal, and we should not minimize or marginalize the consequences of sin. This is why God allows us to have earthly consequences to sin, because He wants to remind us that it is bad. It is bad in every fashion and form. And, and you know what's interesting as we become more mature as believers. Um, you know, it's interesting is I, I I I look back over my life and I'm sinning significantly less now, obviously, that I've been walking with the Lord longer. And and my sins aren't. If you were to have a scale, and I think this is an unfair way to do it, but I'm I'm just trying to demonstrate to you, my sins aren't nearly as as awful as they used to be, but they they grieve me more than they used to, and and so the longer that I walk with Christ, the more even just you know. Cursing at somebody breaks my heart, and I'm thinking, "I, that's murder. I just committed murder in my heart against somebody." Whereas I used to not even think anything of of you know cursing somebody. What's interesting about this is is I once heard a really cool teaching. Where Bible teacher went through the teachings of Paul chronologically, and as Paul matured as a believer, he also felt like this. He called himself, you know, the the most wretched person towards the end of his life. At the beginning of his ministry, he we referred to him as the least of the apostles, and then he became the least of the saints, and then he became the most wretched person. The longer we we walk with Christ, the more sensitive we become to this in our life. Even though it should be significantly a smaller portion of our life, it should grieve us significantly when we sin. And that's why making a habit of of repenting quickly and reading Psalm fifty one is good because it should hurt us even if it is a small sin. Because those small sins, if not kept in check, if we don't keep our flesh in check, if we don't let that, if we don't bury that dead man every moment of every day when we have the opportunity to choose between the flesh and the spirit, then he grows stronger. So, you remember what you feed is what's going to grow in your life. So, number one is just again, having the Lord search you and know you, being honest with him. Number two is in those moments of temptation, submitting to the Lord, having honest conversation with him, asking him to help you, resisting the devil. Number three is repenting quickly and, you know, and, and, and dealing with that when you find yourself in that place of sin, you know, repenting very quickly. And then, lastly, we're going to go to galatians chapter six if you have an area of sin in your life where it is something that you need accountability with get accountability this is where the catholic church gets the idea of confessing your sins to a priest take it a little bit out of the context here it's not the priest does not have the ability to forgive your sins the concept was supposed to be an accountability concept since um confession is done uh, anonymously it takes away from that a little bit but as a christian church and and i'm not saying catholics aren't christians i'm just saying you know i should say um you know, as, as Bible believers, what we should do is take that concept and then use it for the way Paul intended it or the the Lord, I should say. I, I, I give the authors of the books credit, but um, it's really the Lord, the way the Lord intended it. And he says this in Galatians chapter six, verse one, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Verse two, this is the important part carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law. And so in James, it actually says, confess your sins to one to another. And what they're talking about, what, what Paul and James are talking about there is hold each other accountable. And so if you have something in your life, like I, I've known, I've known people who, struggle, who struggled with pornography and, you know, they get apps on their phone that will prevent them. And they have somebody else who has access to that app to see what their their tracking is. And, you know, another brother in Christ, somebody that they can have accountability to. So get accountability if this is something you're struggling with. And that's why, that's why we're told to carry each other's burdens. Oh, wow. Wow. That was a lot to cover in one podcast. Um, thank you guys for, for sticking in there. I just really, I really feel like as we go into this year, this is the year for us to wipe the slate clean, for us to just really decide that we are going to love God with everything. He is going to be everything to us. And we're going to deal with sin, idolatry. We're going to deal with the love of this world. We're going to deal with the cares of this world. We're going to take these things and put them to the side. Because I'm telling you right now, as the author of the book of Hebrews that as the author of, book, of the book of hebrews says you know we need to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles so we can run the race with perseverance what we are going to be battling as the as the birth pains continue to increase and as we get closer and closer to the return of christ is going to require all hands on deck We cannot be bifurcated people. We cannot have part of us over here serving the flesh and part of us over here serving the spirit. We need to be whole people, wholly committed and devoted to the Lord. And so I I would encourage you to, to spend some time just praying and asking the Lord to teach you to love him more than anything else. And this is what I find myself doing when I find myself standing there face to face with temptation. And I say, you know what, Lord, I really want to do this thing, but I want to love you more. Teach me to love you more. Teach me to understand what it means to be a new creation in Jesus. Teach me to understand what it means to live by the Spirit. And Father, let me create a place in my heart and mind where, Holy Spirit, you want to dwell. Do not let me grieve you. Do not let me push you to the side because I can tell you when you've asked God to fill you with his Holy Spirit and to lead you and to be led by the Holy Spirit, every time you sin, you have to take the voice of the Holy Spirit and you have to kick him off to the side so you can move forward on what you're going to do with your flesh. Be aware of that. Don't give into that anymore. And find somebody to hold you accountable if, if you need that level of accountability in this at this point in your life. Do not let pride keep you from finishing your race well. <laughs> well, thank you guys again for tuning in. Um, I apologize again that that uh, I haven't been my ch- my normal uh, chipper self, or or my voice is a little scratchy today. But um, I just want to encourage you to start off 2022 on a on a strong note, and I know you will because God, it is God who works in us both to will and to do. And so it is because of his great mercy that he has set us free from sin and given us an opportunity to be delivered. Now may our hearts step up to what he has already delivered may we learn to submit to him so let's just close in prayer heavenly father we just thank you we thank you that you have created a new nature in us lord that you've made us born again that you put our your spirit in our hearts and our minds lord so we can just be obedient to you lord i just pray that you would search us and know us lord if there's anything in our lives right now lord that is just pleasing to you anything that is competing for lordship over our minds and hearts anything that is causing us to grieve you holy spirit or to quench you father i just pray that you would deal with it radically in our lives lord we want to be we want to be the people that you've created us to be lord we want to be like the daniels the prophets of old like paul peter james elijah lord we want to be people who are just so radically yours that that we just don't give into this world for one moment, but rather your light is allowed to shine through us. So Lord, I just pray for my brothers and sisters right now. Holy Spirit, I just ask you would just do a cleansing work in their lives, that you would cleanse them of sin, free them, free them from the bondage and baggage that is this death, this cancer that is eating our souls alive, Lord, and that we would be light everywhere we go, showing the world that through love, (laughs) Everything can change, but true love, not the fake love that the world teaches, Lord, but the love that you taught, the love that got down on his knees and washed the feet of his disciples. Lord, teach us that love. Father, we love you and we, pray you, we praise you. We thank you for Jesus, the lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. Lord, may we just honor that, that precious sacrifice that Jesus gave us with our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our souls. May all of us be clothed in white, because of who you are, Jesus. We thank you and we pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, the Lamb of God. Amen. Well, have a wonderful, wonderful first week of 2022. And I will catch you guys on the third Wednesday of January. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Made to Conquer. Please be sure to subscribe, leave a review and tell your friends and family anyone else you think would enjoy joining us on this journey of drawing closer to Jesus.